This podcast is a part of the Dragon Suplex Podcast Network. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at chopskicksandnearfalls.com for daily articles about wrestling from around the globe. Welcome wrestling fans. Welcome to Curtain Jerkin. As always, I am your host, Jacob Grandi, reporting for WrestlingWithWrestling.com and the Dragon Suplex Podcasting Network. This one's going to be a quick one today, guys. I'm not going to review all the things I usually review. I'm kind of behind on MLW. I haven't seen the Savio Vega holiday strap match. I haven't seen any MLW from this week. I'm going to catch up on all that stuff. I'm going to give you guys a full review of it, but I just kind of wanted to get the podcast back on track. I usually record Thursday nights, Friday mornings, but here recently, because my schedule's been so crazy, I've been recording like Sunday nights, Monday mornings, and I didn't really feel like that was the best time for the show to come out. So I'm trying to get myself back on track. So what I'm going to do here to you guys, for you guys is just review NXT and AEW from this week. Both shows were really freaking cool. I'm going to go into uh, just my overall thoughts from AEW and then my overall thoughts from NXT and then as you guys know and love I'm gonna give you guys my top matches ranked from worst to first from AEW and NXT from this week um just a little side note I'm I'm moved in I'm comfortable here in this in this apartment where I live in Durham North Carolina now I found out from um another wrestling podcaster that uh, uh, Daddy Kane lives here. He's no longer in Brooklyn. He's now in Durham, North Carolina. That's kind of cool. And there's a lot of guys from North Carolina that are on the uh, Wednesday Night Wars, specifically AEW. AEW kicked off with a bang this week, the Tag Team Battle Royal. Um, but it also kicked off with the Jungle Boy entrance music. From last week, the 80s song, I'm forgetting the name of it. It's got that crazy chant, um, but strap a fucking rocket to him, man. That song is great. Tony Khan getting the rights to that song. Solid move. Another solid move is showing Jade work out. I wouldn't mind seeing a segment like that every week. Sting and Darby versus Team Taz. Of course, it is kind of uh, in a stalemate because the the match itself is coming up in a few weeks and they've been bickering with each other for weeks now, but I don't mind it. I mean, you got to look at uh, where these guys have come from. Sting, it he was up in the rafters for months and months and months. That was the gripe that people had against Sting in 1996 was that he was up in the rafters, he wasn't wrestling, blah, 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 blah. I can just still hear my dad and his friends in my head right now complaining about Sting not wrestling, but I was like, it's the coolest part of the show. Don't you guys get it? And then look at Taz. Taz and Sabu were bickering with each other, arguing with each other, yelling at each other for months and months and months. So they finally met in ECW, and then they tore the house down. So this is what these guys know. They know to just let something build. Uh, maybe don't have a lot of uh, overbooking, but just go out there and cut good promos. Task cut his amazing promo. Sting already super over. He doesn't really need to cut a good promo. And it, I mean, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, Baker versus Rosa hype video for later on in the night. Pretty solid. Really good stuff here on, on AEW. I thought it was an amazing show. I also really enjoyed the good old Carolina boys, as Hardy would call it, uh, Hangman Page, trying 
or Hardy trying to get recruit recruit Hangman Page for his team, and uh, you know Hangman doesn't want it, but he will fight Luther and Serpentico for ruining Minus One's birthday. AEW doing the women's division right here with the USA uh, tournament mixed in with the Japanese tournament. I've been doing some research on these ladies. A lot of them are from the uh, Japanese Indies, which is pretty cool. Uh, there's a lot of ridiculous thing happen in uh, Joshi Indie Wrestling. So uh, who knows how these matches are going to turn out. Of course, Aja Kong, legend. Cool to see her in the tournament. And then just going over their notes here, you know I'm a sucker for a battle royal, so I'm also a sucker for lumberjack matches. That old school match uh, stipulations always cool. Then you had MJF and Jericho party in the back, stoked that they won the battle royal, uh, only to go into the inner circle locker room and see that they were not excited. Uh, Sammy Guevara, maybe the Rock to Jericho's Farouk, and inner circle may be. The Nation of Domination. Who knows? Shaq had another good promo. I heard a lot of people shitting on these promos. I thought they were funny. They're good. They're to the point. Uh, he's smacking glass. Uh, he's just cutting up, having a good time. You got to figure someone who's going through the channels is going to see the uh, post-game show for the NBA, which gets a lot of ratings. They're going to stop, and they might watch you know, the Revival promo and see a tiny man be kidnapped by an old guy. Who knows what they're going to see if they tune into AEW, but the odds are they're going to stop and tune into AEW, which is why you have Shaq on your TV. Um, Joey Janela didn't realize he was still on this program. thought he was in GCW exclusively nowadays. Just kidding. Um, but he's going up against Darby Allen next week. Callis had a great uh, line here saying that everyone wants to get the rub from pro wrestling. And... I think that's an apropos line here because, you know, Bad Bunny, Shaq, uh, all types of celebrities getting involved with pro wrestling and pro wrestling fans not enjoying it for some reason blows my mind. Um, I I like it. I'm a giant wrestling fan. I watch all kinds of wrestling fans. Do I want to see Shaquille O'Neal with the AEW World title? Do I want to see Bad Bunny run around with the Intercontinental title? No, I don't want to see any of that shit. But if you use it properly and you do it well, you can get more eyes on the show. And if you're looking at NXT, you're looking at Raw, you're looking at pretty much anything but SmackDown, the numbers are trash. you got to get those numbers up, and they're the same, pretty much generally the same amount of people watch every week. So you got to get those numbers up. you got to do you got to do better, guys, and that's what we're trying to do on a... Uh, on uh you know for wrestling with Shaq and come on Shaq he's been at Wrestlemania he's been hosting Raw he has past feuds with like Big Show and things like that so he's no stranger to wrestling I don't mind seeing him in the ring at all but jumping over to NXT the Dusty Cup matches really improve NXT immensely. I was kind of getting bored with NXT, but I feel like the Dusty Cup gave the show a direction. And that's exactly what you need going into WrestleMania season. And you know what also helped uh, NXT? Edge. Edge showed up, fresh face, staring down all the top talent, giving them the rub. It wasn't enough to beat AEW, though, in the ratings still. To, that's crazy to me. Wade Barrett 
now an American citizen, Tony Storm, given a promo not mentioning the Royal Rumble at all. I guess that was four days ago, that monumental moment in her life four days ago. It doesn't need to be brought up nowadays. Um, going down, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Jin Yang. Uh, her vignettes and drawings are really cool. That caught my girlfriend's eye, so you got to put these vignettes up there with R-Truth and up there with uh, Penelope Ford. Penelope Ford also caught my uh, girlfriend's eye. So anything that could catch her eye, uh, I guess, means it's good. Like someone going through the channels might probably stop here instead of, uh, you know, going on and on. Uh, MSK versus Phantasma for the semifinals is going to be a great match. MSK comes out, they're kind of, I think, getting their footing down as far as promos go in the in NXT. This one's kind of, uh, you know, jumpy a little bit. I think that, uh, you know, you got to say MSK is going to win it and go up against uh, Birch and Lorcan at TakeOver. I feel like that's a natural feud. You got the... Uh, old school, you know, bald head heels versus, you know, the new school pot smoking, you know, high flyers. It just kind of writes itself. Pete Dunn cuts a promo, gets interrupted by Finn. That gets interrupted by Edge. Edge kind of alludes to him picking the NXT world title over the universal title at WrestleMania, which is a ridiculous concept. Who the hell would do that? I'm sure Edge could just have a shot at the uh, NXT title kind of whenever he wants. But you know, I know what they're doing here. They got to hype it up. And that was a nice little cool story arc for them to put in there. Io Shirai goes up top to hit a moonsault on Tony Storm and Mercedes, Mer- uh, Mercedes Martinez. And neither one of them catch her. She falls right on her fucking face. It hurt me to watch, but she pops up, celebrates, but god damn, I haven't seen someone fall that far on their face since Jack Evans jumped off the cage in Ring of Honor. Crazy shit. Cross and Edge have a stare down in the parking lot. Just really good shit here from both shows this week on television. You gotta love Wednesday night in the world of wrestling, and you also gotta love ranking every match from worst to first, just like we do every week here on Curtain Jerkin. Number one this week, or I guess number 12 this week, is the wedding. Yeah, that's right. I put the wedding as a match just so we could talk about it extensively and not just gloss over it. It was a wrestling wedding through and through all the tropes of the wrestling wedding there and uh, being uh, kind of uh, teased and made fun of a little bit, which is kind of a cool new concept on the wrestling wedding. We see Kip. Miro and Chuck the butler, the young boy, coming out. The ring all set up like a wedding. James Mitchell is the uh, pastor, the priest, the one conducting the ceremony. Uh, Vicky Guerrero uh, walks Kip down to the ring. Jerry Lynn walks uh, Penelope Ford, or as Booker T says, a Penelope Ford. That always cracks me up. My, uh, uh, you know, my girlfriend, you know, is kind of looking like, what the hell's going on? Is this a wedding? And then she mumbles to herself, fake ass wedding. So that's, I guess, what the general public think about wrestling weddings. And that's kind of what we think about wrestling weddings, but we all enjoy it. Uh, Kip cuts off uh, Penelope after uh, she pretty much is trying to talk about uh, how big his dick is. Uh, uh, Mitchell kind of uh, gives this long speech 
saying, uh, you know, kayfabing all others for so long. And then he says it again, kayfabing all others for so long. Good little line here from Mitchell. He got his spots in. Miro cuts off Mitchell, though, when he does ask if there's anyone that will object. He says, no, 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 we'll just skip that part. We'll just skip that part. Miro uh, kind of wearing the exact same outfit that he wore in the WWE wedding. Um and then he says, what is love? And then that's when the crowd comes into play. He goes, baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. And then he's like, I like this song. I like this song. And at one point he sees a big gift and he uh, smashes the gift thinking that there's someone in the gift, um, you know, to surprise attack Miro. There wasn't. But while the crowd was singing along with him, serenading Miro, Miro loved it. He was getting shackled to the post. Then he attacks Kip Sabian. Uh, Orange Cassidy pops out the cake, and they have uh, their way with Kip Sabian. They beat the hell out of him. Good little spot here. In the grand scheme of wrestling weddings, I don't know. Is this the top three? I don't think so. Is it in the top ten? Of course. This was great, and it was AEW's first little wrestling wedding. It was kind of a... the peak, I would say, so far of Miro being in AEW. And, you know, kind of had a few jokes here and there for people that have been watching the last few years, which is exactly what you want, kind of in a wrestling wedding. So the wrestling wedding is uh, number 11, or number 12, number 11, Tony Storm versus Jesse Kamea. Jesse Kamea looked good for what we saw, but it was kind of interrupted super, super quickly. Um, by Mercedes Martinez. She just kind of runs in and starts attacking. Uh, I'm tired of seeing this shit in NXT. They do it way too much. Gonzalez and Kai versus Carter and Catanzaro, number 10. It was a good match. They did their thing, but there was a lot of sloppy shit in here. That's why it goes down to number 10. Hangman and Hardy versus uh, the Chaos Project. This is kind of at number 9, but because... Kind of like a tip of the cap. It was great wrestling. You gotta love it. Hangman Page whooping up on Serpentico all throughout the match. But then Hardy tags himself in to get the pin, just like he did with Private Party. And it pisses off Hangman Page, just like it does Private Party. Theory versus Ruff. This was a great match, but it was kind of overbooked here. You had Ruff knocking down Gargano. Gargano getting involved. Then Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell coming out to uh, help Gargano. And that had Shotzi and Moon come out to take out the ladies. Then the ref kicks out Gargano, and Austin Theory wins the match. I like Austin Theory. I like Leon Ruff, but I feel like, well, one, we've seen Leon Rush and Austin Theory wrestle before this feud, and I feel like we've seen him wrestle a bunch during the feud. Uh, so it's kind of a stale concept and all the run-ins and everything was just so NXT. Loomis did pop up, which was pretty interesting. I want to see one of these guys just move on with this feud. It's been happening for too long and it's kind of just feels stale. Baker versus Rosa, number seven. You know I love Thunder Rosa. Um, but I think that the AEW Women's Division is kind of in a limbo because this tournament is coming up. Uh, they don't really know what to do with it. Rose and Baker, uh, they had it was kind of sloppy a little bit, but it was pretty good stuff. Uh, Reba or Rebel gets involved uh, in the action. 
I'm trying to find it in my notes here. I can't find it in my notes. I don't know what's going on, but I remember it being ranked number seven. Number six, Escobar versus Kurt Stallion. Solid match here for the Cruiserweight Championship. Escobar can't have a bad match. Stallion, though, I liked him in the Indies. Don't get me wrong, but he looks goofy. He's got the headband on. I'm not sure really what's going on with him here in NXT. He needs to find his footing. And they need to uh, start developing 205 Live. I feel like a few of these matches tonight on NXT would have been great main events for 205 Live, but like now 205 Live has just lost its soul. It's only like a main event for NXT, which is supposed to be a developmental program. So if you're on 205 Live exclusively, like the people have been for years, um, you're kind of dead in the water. Like, what are you doing on that show if you're Tony Nese? What are you doing on the show if you're Ariara Davari? You're a part of the, like, you know, the main event of the developmental promotion. Oh, man, it would suck to be those guys. Number five, Lucha House Party versus Del Hio El Fantasma. All five of these matches here coming up were so, so fucking good. Um, but Lucha House Party versus Fantasma, Metalik with the Hurricane Rana, Lince with the Hurricane Rana. Raul starts turning the tables here a little bit, dives on Malik. Sunset flip from Malik, both men down. Both men get the hot tag at once from their respective teams. Driver by Lince, one, two, wild kicks out. Golden rewind by Lince, one, two, Mendoza breaks it up. Wild takes down both men. Lince, uh, takes out both members of El Phantasma. Huge moonsault to the floor, but back in the ring, Russian leg sweep, running boot combo by El Hio Del Phantasma. One, two, three. They get the victory. They advance in the Dusty Club. Solid fucking action here. Uh, Archer versus Kingston. The match was kind of messed up last week, but this week it wasn't messed up at all. It was a lumberjack match. You gotta love a lumberjack match. Eddie Kingston versus Lance Archer. Archer getting uh, kind of tripped up and thrown into the Lumberjacks on Kingston's side, gets attacked from all of them, but then gets thrown over to like the gun club side a little bit and just gets tossed in. You can tell the faces. You can tell the heels. This is pretty good Lumberjack shit. Uh Archer, super over with the gun club, not over with Hybrid 2, Butch and the Blade, and some other guys, some dude wearing a shirt. Uh, Archer firing up, does the big Undertaker dive onto everybody at one point, wiping out everybody. This was really good, really good, well-paced stuff here. Uh, Bear Country got involved here. Uh, They started taking down Butcher and the Blade. Archer does get the victory as well on uh, Kingston here. Number number three is Thatcher and Yomasa Ciampa versus Undisputed Era, the main event of NXT from this week. Super solid show. And uh, it was, you know, they know how to put together their main event. Undisputed Era versus uh, Thatcher and Yomasa Ciampa. I'm not really into the tag team that hates each other. But, you know, at some times, 
kind of like the bar, Sheamus and Cesaro, it just kind of works. And I think Thatcher and Yamato might be crossing over to that bar territory. Thatcher uh, just punching Strong's ribs when he has him in the hold. Strong in trouble, can't get to the rope. They hit him with a stunner, having his face hit the turnbuckle at one point. Chop battle. Roderick tries to get momentum. Cole does get tagged in. He goes off. One, two, Ciampa kicks out. Figure four by Thatcher, but uh, Yomasa gets Roddy off of him to break up the figure four applied by Cole. Hard fault matchup here, but at the end of the day, DDT by Ciampa. One, two, three. Ciampa and Thatcher beat the Undisputed Era. I thought these guys were going to go all the way to the finals, but I guess you're going to do, you know, you got Thatcher and Yomaso going up against MSK, and then MSK beats those guys. They get mad at each other again. That's a takeover match. And then MSK versus your tag team champions, Oni and, uh, shit, I can't think of his name, Birch. Uh, is a takeover match as well. So you're setting up a good Mania takeover right here with just the Dusty Cup. You gotta love the fucking Dusty Cup. It has made NXT the past few weeks. And uh, I just remember, you know, the the first NXT Dusty Cup was so good with uh, Joe and Finn winning and they going up against each other. But I think this one's going to be a little different. I don't think... Well, shit, Thatcher and uh, Yamasa might win the Dusty Cup here yet again. You might have two people that don't like each other win for like the fourth or fifth year in a row with this Dusty Cup classic. But that's okay. Redundant booking aside, I'm cheering for MSK. I think that's the team that needs the Dusty Cup. They can attach themselves to the Dusty Cup. They can make the Dusty Cup like their little bowl or something. I don't know. They could go. Uh, they could do a lot with the with the Dusty Cup and MSK winning that for sure. Week is the tag team battle royal that kicked off of AEW. What a curtain jerker! Jurassic Express, both teams of the Inner Circle, the Acclaim cutting off Inner Circle, Private Party, Top Flight, uh, Reynolds and Silver, Young Bucks. Uh, Evil Uno and Grayson, the Bucks come out. They dive on everybody. Super kick party right off the bat. Dante Martin gets eliminated. Reynolds gets eliminated. Hager gets eliminated. Tons of people are just getting eliminated. Luchasaurus is going off, hitting clean roundhouse kicks and choke slams on everybody. Uh, top flight guy still in the ring here. Stu Grayson gone. Just so much action here. It's hard to keep up with Private Party, who I didn't mention. Yeah, I did mention earlier. Uh, they're both gone. Silver gone. It just People just getting thrown out left and right. Then the Good Brothers show up. MJF tries to, or MJF throws out the Young Bucks, or both members of the Young Bucks. Crowd wants Jungle Boy to win. You can hear them start doing the chant. You, you'd have it down to the final six men. You have a... Uh, Jungle Boy, Darius from Top Flight, and uh, Caster, Max Caster, M- MJF, Sammy, and Jericho. So it's three members of the Inner Circle. Shit gets kind of wonky with the Inner Circle here. Inner Circle, Jericho ends up throwing out Sammy. Uh, and then it comes down to uh, Sammy and, uh, or sorry, MJF and Jericho winning the match. It was Darius and Jericho as the final two. That must have been cool to see for top flight. MJF, true motherfucker, doesn't even realize what happened. He got eliminated. Jericho wins the contest for them both, and they win the tag team title shot 
Um, but before that, I think they're going up against the acclaimed, one of my favorite teams in uh, in AEW, because uh, they cut off the ring entrance with the uh, with the freestyle, which is kind of funny. Number uh, number one this week out of all the matches in AEW and NXT is the final six man tag from uh, uh, the Good Brothers and who I'm blanking guys the Good Brothers Kenny Omega versus Pac Phoenix and Moxley all three men have a reason to go against Omega for different reasons Pac Phoenix and Moxley they all go through the crowd they feel like big stars Mox and Gallo squaring off Gallo super kick Pac off the top Phoenix goes off, Pac goes off. These guys are great every single time. Phoenix 619 super kick uh, into the ring. Crazy shit here. Paradigm shift from from Omega. Phoenix splash or Phoenix splash by Pac to break up the pinfall after the paradigm shift hit by Omega. Cutter by Mox. Moonsault 1 2 Anderson kicks out V trigger battle V trigger one two three you know the rest but the the end here was really kind of where um shit gets real Kenta comes in or we don't know it's Kenta yet we don't know it's Kenta yet he comes in and he attacks Moxley reveals it's Kenta of course Kenta has the briefcase in New Japan Pro Wrestling that gives him a U.S. title shot and Moxley has the title hasn't defended the title since he's been in AEW pretty much but he still has that title and Kenta wants that fucking title Kenta is going to wrestle on AEW next week we got the fake ass Bullet Club, as Gorillas of Destiny call it, teaming up with the real Bullet Club. OGBC versus Modern Day BC. John Moxley's tied in there. Holy shit. So you already have Omega showing up on Impact. You had Moxley last week showing up on New Japan Strong. You got Kenta showing up on AEW. You have Thunder Rosa, the NWA Women's Champion, showing up on AEW Dynamite. And you also have NWA and Ring of Honor uh, having a partnership. You have Ring of Honor and New Japan kind of having a loose partnership still. So they're all tied together. The wrestling world is unifying, and it looks like the WWE is just floating away on this uh, like little raft, kind of missing the party, missing the fun. Um, you're seeing people get burned alive. You're seeing Naomi fall flat on her back, but saying her feet didn't touch. And then you got Bianca Belair's feet actually touching, and people kind of pull up the screenshot the next day. Tons of shit needs to be fixed with WWE, but it looks like the rest of the wrestling world is firing on all cylinders. They understand that we are better together. And that's what I like to see in my wrestling. It's more interesting. You don't know who's going to show up. You don't have a core roster of guys. This shit is going to be great. This shit is going to bring back the territories, I think. You got AEW kind of working in Florida. You got ROH kind of working in Baltimore. You got Impact working in Nashville. And you got New Japan Strong in L.A. I mean, that kind of seems like the territories are set up there in this COVID era. 
Of course, when things open up again, it's going to be a little different, but that's good. Let it be different. Let it keep evolving. This is pro wrestling. This is the best time to watch pro wrestling. I don't know why a lot of people aren't watching it. I think a lot of people aren't watching it because they're hearing the internet complain that Shaq's appearing, and they're hearing the internet complain that Sting isn't doing anything on AEW. They're hearing uh, Bad Bunny did a dive on Miz, and they give a fuck. So they're like, okay, well, everyone that I know watches it complains about it all the time. Why should I watch or, you know, they're seeing lack of star power. But the lack of star power is gonna is there, is there right now. Kenny Omega, superstar. Uh, I feel like Roman Reigns, superstar. These guys are there. The next generation is here to watch, and I'm fucking excited to see it. Kenta should just be just the beginning of New Japan Pro Wrestling jumping over to AEW. I feel like you can do a lot with guys that you're not really pushing in New Japan right now to come over to AEW, like uh, I mean, Goto would be a great example. You bring Goto over, you have him go up against guys like you know, like he's already familiar wrestling Archer, wrestling Kingston, going up against Butcher and Butcher and the Blade, Luchasaurus. He can kill it with all these guys. He can have technical matches with like Dax Harwood. He can. Just with Miro, Miro and Goto, come on, that's a fresh matchup that we've been seeing decades in the making. I'm, I'm, you can hear the excitement in her voice. I'm pretty freaking excited at the idea of all these companies joining forces. And that's, uh, it's cool to be excited as a wrestling fan. I hope you guys are excited. I hope this was a uh, nice edition of Curtain Jerkin. Let me know what you guys think in the comments below. Hit me up at JG Pro Wrestling on Twitter. Buy a goddamn baseball tee. As always, fly high. I'm out.